Today on the Outer Spaces podcast, we're going to be talking to Miguel Pinto from uh, Grand Outdoor Designs as he tells us about how he managed from dropping out of high school in ninth grade to starting a business, to working for other people, to starting another business, and now adjusting that focus as he moves through this crazy thing we call life. So if you want to listen to somebody who's been through a lot and has uh, constantly kept moving forward and not giving up, this is the episode for you. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. This episode is sponsored by Yes Express, where we help landscapers, hardscapers, and outdoor living pros uh, double their sales in half the time. If you're curious, reach out to us. Hello at yes.express. Today, I have a um, special privilege of introducing one of our, probably one of our earliest listeners, I would say. I remember early on starting the podcast and, and seeing this guy commenting and sharing and everything and just a beautiful man. Uh, he's the owner of Grand Outdoor Designs in Savannah, Georgia, and he's also a badass mountain climber. So I'd like to welcome to the show here, Miguel Pinto. What's going on, Miguel? Hey, Joshua. Yeah, everything's going well. Sweet. How's the weather down there in Georgia? Warm. Warm. <laughs> and humid. That's nice. What? <laughs> Send someone up here in Pennsylvania. It was 29 and cold this morning. So it's, I guess it's that time of year. <laughs> yeah, man. So I wanted to, to get you here on the show and talk to you a bit about something that I've been watching. You know, in the last few months, I've watched you make some big moves in your business and in your life. And I wanted to to bring you on the show to talk about how you're making that pivot, how you're pivoting from, you know, doing what you're doing before. And we'll get much more into detail here uh, into the, the becoming uncomfortable and doing things that are kind of outside your, your, your happiness zone, but you're still doing it anyway. And, and, and to hear about how you've made that transition. So before we get into that, uh, tell us a little bit about your past, how you got into this, you know, outdoor living area and, uh, and you know, where you come from. Well, I, um, I come from Puerto Rico. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico uh, until the age of eight years old. Uh, my mother shipped us all the way to Philadelphia. We lived in South Philly for about uh, a year and a half. Uh, from there, I studied in school for a year and a half. Ten years old, we moved down to Atlanta, lived there for another year, uh, and then we migrated to the state of Rhode Island. And in the state of Rhode Island, I attended middle school there, uh, went into high school and dropped out the third year of high school. So hmm. that's, uh, I've been, uh, I've been quite a bit of a state bouncer because of my parents. Uh, and I've learned a lot during those times, uh, uh during my times in, in Rhode Island, I struggled in high school for various reasons, not that I had difficulties learning, but more so uh, structure in my home uh, and guidance from my parents. A lack of guidance. Uh, my parents were too stuck in their own um, personal lives and 
uh, with work consist constantly, um, they, you know, lacked a little bit of attention towards guiding me uh, through high school and whatnot. So uh, on my third year of high school, I started the second year of high school, I started mixing up with the wrong kids and, you know, cutting classes and uh, eventually leading me to failing uh, and deciding to drop out in the ninth grade in my third year. So, uh, so you just Kind of a uh, long story short, giving you a little rundown of my background, I ended up dropping out when I was 16 years old. And from when I was 16, I just, you know, uh, didn't really work much. I hung out with buddies here and there um, and uh, just lived a, a kid street life for four or five years. Uh, when I was uh, 21, I before I was 21, I started to realize that that wasn't my lifestyle. The street, hanging out, you know, smoking weed, uh, driving around, going to parties and stuff like that. It just, I started to realize that wasn't my lifestyle. It's not my background. Even though my parents didn't really essentially guide me through high school, they didn't have bad habits. My mother was a hardworking woman. Uh, she provided, she always cooked, he, she cleaned. I had everything I needed. Uh, the only thing they lacked was guidance, you know, in the sense of education. Uh, so I started to realize early on uh, when I was around 19, 20 years old, that that wasn't the lifestyle I wanted to continue to live into my future. So I started opening up my mind. I, I need to do something. I need to change something. I need to work. I, I need a woman in my life, right? And at the time I had my oldest son, he was uh, one years old, two years old. Uh, and you know, in the lifestyle that I was in, his mother just, it was, she was stubborn. She didn't want to change her lifestyle. So I, I, I opted out to being with her and I found a woman, uh, her name's Carolyn. And, uh, 13 years later today, uh, from the age of 21, we're married still. And I love that. yeah, it's a, it's a very long story, but, uh, you know, when I first met her, she says to me, you know, I really like you, but I have a daughter. She's eight years old. Uh, you, you, I just, you know, I, you need a job and you need to change your ways. You can't bring your environment into my household. It's not the future that I want for myself or my daughter. So I said to her, okay, I'll figure it out. And I instantly started thinking and brainstorming, what the hell can I do to prove to her that I, I'm the man for her, right? And, for, and to help her raise her daughter and potentially my own kids and grow a future with her. And so I started thinking and thinking, I don't want to work at McDonald's. I don't want to work at Burger King. I was telling myself, I'm not going to work at a tire shop. And so it was fall. It was fall. It was autumn. And the leaves were falling. And I looked over at my neighbor's house and I said, there are leaves on their property. Somebody needs to clean them up. And I had no money at the time. And I said, I went and knocked on the door of the neighbor's door in Providence, Rhode Island. And I said to the neighbor, hey, are you going to clean up these leaves? They said, no, we, we usually just leave them and in the spring somebody cleans them up. And I said, how about if I give you a price, I'll clean up the leaves. See, I wasn't thinking that I could become a landscaper or anything like that. I was thinking I need to prove to this woman that mm -hmm. I really like her and I want to be with her. And, that, and I know that this is going to change my life as well as hers. And so long story short, I called my mom in Puerto Rico. She was visiting. I says, can you please loan me 300 bucks? I'll pay you back. She, she did it. I went to Lowe's. I literally took the bus, public transportation. I went to Lowe's. I bought trash bags, a rake, and a shovel, and I went and I cleaned up the property. 
<laughs> they gave they gave me a couple hundred bucks to start. I started the job. I think I charged them maybe like 600 bucks. And I was surprised because we had a long conversation and I didn't think that they were going to bite to me 600 bucks at the time to clean up leaves. And me thinking it would take me probably three hours was a lot, a lot of money. So I did the job halfway and I packed up the bags and I put them aside. So I took the money and I told my girlfriend at the time, Carolyn, hey, you know, I picked up a new job, blah, blah, blah. I was, you know, doing cleaning up. I was brainstorming and I cleaned up someone's yard uh, and they gave me uh, they gave me 250 bucks. And, you know, I got started. I'm excited. I think that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start cleaning up yards. So anyways, long story short, I ended up getting that job. And halfway through the job, I got a little distracted and I left them hanging. Just like that, the client, right off the bat, right? So I got carried away. I, I did half of the job. I bagged it all up. I left it all in front of their property and I did half the job, but I left them hanging with the other half, right? So, and I walked away from it. I never went back, never told them that I was going to do the job. I imagine that, right? Um, so that's that story. And uh, moving into the future, I uh, several months later, I ended up hanging out with her more often, moved in with her. And, uh, and she told me, what's going on? You're not working yet? And I said, okay, well, how can I find a job? I'm not sure what to do. I'm in Massachusetts in the middle of the suburbs. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to find a job. This is no new to me. She gave me a packet and says, go to the classifieds of this packet in the back. And uh, there are companies always looking for workers. So I found a company by the name of uh, Willow Tree and Landscape out of Acton, Massachusetts. And the guy was the most down to down to earth guy. And he brought me on board at 13, $12 an hour actually, uh, as a landscape, uh, landscape laborer. And back in 2009, that's how I got into the industry. Uh, so there's, there's that. <laughs> that's awesome. So you obviously started a little bit on your own and then went and been hired. How did you eventually get back out on your own? So after, after I got started with that company, I worked for them for about four years. Yeah, through the four years, I learned a lot. I, I learned a lot of, uh, you know, the basics, mowing, edging, mulching, uh, spring cleanups, fall cleanups, and all of that fun stuff. And uh, about a year and a half into it, I realized that I was really good at that service uh, as far as performing the service is concerned. Uh, so I started thinking to myself, I could do this for myself more often rather than doing this for somebody else for $12 an hour. So I started to... I joined Facebook uh, back in 2010, 11, and I started to create these little posts through little community uh, groups. And I started to generate some jobs here and there, but it wasn't really flowing. I wasn't really focused on, uh, you know, my attention on that aspect of, of, of things of business in general. And so I just fell off track and stayed back in, in the company for another year after five years. Uh, I, I ended up having uh, the opportunity and offer to go work for another company uh, installing walkways and pavers. Uh, and, uh, you know, I really, after four years or so working for Willow Tree and Landscape, I, I really generated interest in installing walkways, uh, patios and things like that. So when, when Able Landscapers came in the picture about a year later through a friend, uh, they offered me the opportunity to work for them at 18 bucks an hour installing pavers. And I said, sure, why not? You know, I'm not really yeah. progressing in this business. Uh, my raises aren't substantial. So I, 
I ended up working for that company for another year or so and realized that installing pavers wasn't that difficult for me. I understood the concept of excavation and the whole entire process, you know, from start to finish. And uh, after about five years of being in business with other businesses, working essentially as an employee, I decided that I wanted to start my own company. Um, the story behind on how I ended up becoming my own self-employed business owner, uh, I actually, uh, uh, after I left the second company, Able Landscapers, I, I ended up going to work for a third company before I started my own. And I thought that that was my dream job. It was a unionized landscape company in Westford, Massachusetts. They were doing tons of cool projects for the state schools, you know, new city buildings and things like that. And mm -hmm. I was there for a little less than a year uh, before I ended up getting fired. I was fired from that job because I was taking the company truck early morning at 630 in the morning from the shop to my apartment. Also that I could sit at my apartment for a half an hour so that my wife could leave, go to work and my babysitter could show up to take care of the kids. And then I would get on the highway and go to the next job. Well, my neighbor didn't like me at the time. And he contacted the company and the police and said that I was leaving the truck up front with the truck running. The company found out. And uh, at the end of one of the days after I was doing that whole process, right from morning to, to, the, to the evening, uh, the owner of that company pulled me aside at the company and told me, hey, uh, why didn't you tell me that you needed to stop by your house to take care of your kids for a half hour? I would have let you done it. All you had to do was ask. And I told him, I'm sorry. I was just nervous. I was scared. I don't want to ask. Right. And, and so I, that's when I really learned if you if you need something, you need help in any way, you should always ask. Right. Uh, right. And, and not you know, beat around the bush and, and try to figure it out on your own. You're going to find yourself in a hole. So with that said, I was laid off, not fired. Mm -hmm. And that helped me out significantly because he laid me off. I was able to collect unemployment from November into April. At that time when I was laid off, I was like, holy shit, what am I going to do for work? I need money. I, I'm done. I don't want to work for other companies and I can't find a job right now. It's, we're going into winter, you know? Yeah. So I brainstormed, and at that time, in 2015, I created a Facebook business page called Colonial Stoneworks and Landscape, and I started replicating other, other, you know, kind of, uh, uh, I started researching and replicating what I needed to do to establish a business, and I created this beautiful business page, and I started to advertise my business through Facebook groups, spamming them. I was getting kicked out of books, I didn't, uh, out of groups, I didn't know them how to actually advertise my business. All I knew was that I needed to get name out there to generate yeah. business. And uh, and I ended up landing a, a, a $7,000 job through that, that winter. Uh, and so going right into spring of 2016, I already had an $8,000 job lined up because of all the efforts yeah. that I put into advertising my business and creating these Facebook pages. Uh, and then of course we became really good friends after three years that find and I in that same year, that same summer, he I landed a $25,000 job in his backyard. So nice. that's how I really just snowballed into the business back in 2015. That's the story behind that. <laughs> that's really cool. I love that. And do you ever go back and, and regret not finishing high school? Um, you know, 
I don't regret not finishing high school because uh, the story that I failed to explain through this was along the line, along the way through the years in, since I was 21 years old and I met my wife, I've actually, uh, I've been, I've retained a lot of information in high school. I wasn't a dumb kid. I was actually pretty, I believe I was pretty smart and I could retain information really well. And so I decided to just educate myself on the subjects that I failed in school. So what I did was I, I took GED courses to determine where I was struggling as far as the subjects go. And I passed every subject. I was able to actually have, I was capable of obtaining my GED, but the only subject that I failed was algebra because I didn't understand the formulas and, and so forth. So I struggled in that department. Uh, and so what I did was I started going to school for taking classes for algebra and I got up to up to date with it. Uh, and I dropped that out of that too, because it was too distracting uh, in the classroom. So I decided to take it into my own hands and educate myself online uh, through YouTube videos, uh, research and, and everything. And I just educated myself in the algebra field of math. And, and here I am today. I, I you know, I can take a, a pen, a pen and pencil, pull out a draft board, a graph paper, uh, uh, engineer ruler and start designing with the, with the calculator and designing and putting quantities and supplies and materials and everything that I need with no problem. I'm really good with multiplication, division and all that fun stuff. So no, I yeah. don't regret uh, dropping out of high school one bit, um, honestly. That's cool. That's nothing worse than living with regrets. So I'm glad that that's not a thing. And you know, when it comes to algebra, that's one subject that I struggle with too. And I was like, when, when did they start blending math and English together? Like, why do we have letters here? Where'd the numbers go? <laughs> right. So that was, that was always a struggle for me because geometry came easy. I could see, you know, areas and depths and all that volumes. But when it came to algebra and you start getting into these more obscure kind of systems, um, I know I struggle with that in school a lot. That was something that was not my my favorite thing to do. But anyway, I look back at it now and say, eh, it doesn't really matter because I hardly ever use it. And if I do, I go on to Google and it'll figure it out for me, right? It's a lot simpler. We know where to go. We don't necessarily know how, have to know exactly how to do it. So take us fast forward here. When I brought you into the podcast, I had mentioned Grand Outdoor Designs. And I know that's something kind of new. So tell me about your transition now from you know where you were into this new this new realm. <laughs> so this new realm has uh, honestly evolved over the past couple of months. I honestly, three months ago, I didn't know that I was going to be uh, uh, merging into design and manage. Not one bit. Uh, you know, it, it just fell on my lap. Uh, prior to me uh, merging the business, I was trying to uh I'm still trying to grow the bit. Well, I was trying to grow my business here in the Savannah, Georgia for two years now, uh, where we design and install for all our mm -hmm. clients. And we've struggled a lot to retain employees in this area, specifically, uh, you know, for me personally in the area. I've gone about through about nine employees, I, you know, compensated new employees without experience at, at a minimum of $17 an hour through payroll services, using ADP and so forth, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and so and everything. And uh, I tried training these guys on site, but for some reason, each and every individual that I screened to have work for me, I 
apparently didn't do a good enough job screening them. They all had personal bad habits. So uh, they either kept falling off or I had to keep letting them go because I don't stand for bad standards and bad habits within my business. So with that said, uh, this year I struggled significantly with uh, uh, my previous employees due to the fact that they were not all on the same page with each other based off of my standards and the processes that I had in place. And I'm not, I'm no saint, you know, I'm not perfect. Uh, I, you know, as when it comes to managing employees, I seem to uh, really get uh, through time comfortable with them. And, and, you know, I treat them like I'm an employee, you know, we talk and chat and we do our work and, we get comfortable with each other and i've allowed a lot of those times for those employees to you know look at me more like a an employee uh 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 a not so much a team member but more so their colleague right and more like a friend so they tend to kind of walk on you at least that's my perspective and i allowed that and so with me allowing that and not really having standards in place to separate myself a bit from that aspect of business uh you know things would always tend to fall apart as well so i have uh i never had a really great uh ability to differentiate separate myself in that aspect of business and so with that said, I think that that is a little bit and that has to do a certain percentage with me not being able to retain employees as well in a manner that will allow us to scale. Uh, so uh, with that being said, uh, you know, I, I really fell into the design and manage uh, because I'm just I'm, 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 I'm fed up. I'm done with the whole process of trying to retain employees. Honestly, that's really where I'm coming yeah. from. I'm 35 years old. I don't want to install another paver when I'm 40 years old. It's not happening. Not not at all. Uh, And so, and I've come to realize that I'm really good when it comes to communication with prospective clients from the beginning to the end and throughout and in between, uh, you know, with the whole process of the installation and just communication in general, right? That whole customer relation aspect of business, I've, develop the passion for it. And I enjoy having that business mutual relationship with my prospective clients. And it speaks for itself through all the reviews that I get uh, for my business, right? So I really do have a passion for customer relations. And uh, that's another reason why I really want to do, and so I'm really doing, that, that is why I'm doing, I'm sorry, excuse me, the whole entire design and manage process is because of that ability that I have. Uh, so, in in the area here that I'm at, I've come to realize that a lot of contractors love the installation process more than they actually enjoy designing or, you know, actually staying in communication with clients. And I've learned this not only from hearing it from other people in the industry, but also because I've met contractors and I showed them, look at what this is what I do. You know, I design these things and I meet with my clients and we do architectural plans and they're like, oh, my God, I hate that stuff. Right. So there's just such a lack of uh, professionalism out there uh, in our industry when it comes to that customer relations aspect of business, as well as the designing phase. And that's really one of the other reasons why I'm into the whole design and manage because of the customer relations. 
It's funny you say that because that's a that's similar to my story as well. You know, 12 years ago, we started Master Plan, which is design manage. And I came from 15 years in design build. And I said, you know, there has to be a better way to do this. The design build side, it was the employees, it was the equipment, it was the constant bills and upkeep of all of the overhead structure that we had in place. And it was, it was a lot of stuff. But my passion was in, to your point, was in the customer experience and the design, managing the idea. That was always a fun part. But I also, I also felt very handcuffed in my company when I was design build because we could only build what we had access to talent, if you will. If, if we wanted to build an amazing outdoor living space and it had some kind of really funky water feature or had a deck or it had a roof system, we didn't build those things. So I, at that time, I didn't think of you know asking other people to jump in. I was just like, we can't build that or we don't do those kinds of projects or you need to hire somebody else, leaving so much on the table. I didn't realize it back then, but then when I started, when I decided to go design manage with master plan, it was like, wait a minute here. So let's take all the pieces that I like the most about what I do, you know, the customer service side, creating the customer experience, doing the design, managing the entire process, and then find specialists, people that love doing each of those different functions, and then bring them in and then just arrange them and organize them in a schedule and build some amazing stuff. And, you know, it's, it's been you know, you're finding that out in your journey now as you're moving forward. Once you build these relationships with with your craftsmen and start building some really cool stuff. And, you know, we're the idea guys. They're the build it guys. So we know why they know how. It's pretty simple, right? So now it's just a matter of getting them in and, and organizing them. But the, the bigger point is it gives it gave me back then the opportunity to be more flexible with my schedule. I didn't have to have all the overhead structure and all the cost structure. So as economies went up and down, I didn't have to worry about what that felt like, what that meant, uh, because, you know, there was only a few bills that I had. It was kind of simple that way. Uh, and we got to over the years and we continue to do so, build some amazing outdoor living spaces and, and to manage because some people, they just love to build cool shit. So why don't we give them the opportunity to do that? You know, there's there's everyone has their space and their hat and their place in line. So why not, you know, offer some options to people that love to do that? So I love that your mind is there, brother, because I know that that's going to be something that's going to help you out a lot. And it's going to help you scale much quicker and allow you to build some really cool stuff and empower other people at the same time that want to build cool stuff. So that's the neat part about it. So here's another sales tip for you guys. When you're going into a situation where you're going to be working with a client on any kind of a project, your client is looking for someone to lead this project for them, someone to come into the project, to know as a professional, to know the next steps, how to control the situation, how to manage the client's expectations, all of that. They're expecting that. And we'd like to call that concept being in control without being controlling. So your clients are want somebody to lead, but they don't want to be told or yelled at or anything like that. They want to be led. So be in control without being controlling. And that is going to help you set a dynamic within your, uh, your conversation with your client that's going to help them feel comfortable moving ahead, even with bigger ticket items too, extra services, extra features and functions added into the plan. But remember, they're looking for someone to lead them on this adventure and lead them through this path that they've never gone down before. So be in control without being controlling. Um, now that you've started Grand Outdoor Designs and looking more on the design managed model, tell me about how you're changing your lifestyle in order to build that. I mean, it's only a few months old, this concept, this new business, uh, you know, pivot. So tell me a little bit about how you personally are stepping out of your comfort zone in order to get that next level that you're looking for, that you're able to achieve it. Well, uh, 
one of the biggest changes that I've had to make in my personal life in order for me to make this pivot is to get out of my comfort zone. And, and when I say get out of my comfort zone, I mean, literally, like, what I mean is get out of from the back, from, from, from the front of my cell phone screen, right, on social media socializing, and actually do that shit in person. Hmm. I have a struggle. I've always struggled to, I've always said that I'm going to go out and do network events, B&Is. I'm going to attend a free event and see how it is. I've always said, I need to do that. I need to do that. But I've never done it. And every time that the day came, I would just cancel out that meeting and not show up. So that's what I'm now doing. I'm actually looking. I'm, I'm excited. I'm addicted to actually finding networking events in my area, South, Savannah, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. Shit, if I can even make it to Atlanta, I will. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida. If I have to go to Jacksonville, Florida, Florida, because it's a huge ass BNI event that's free, I'm going. I'm gonna try to make it there, and so that's what I'm doing. I'm attending networking events, BNI events, uh, where I can sit down, meet new business owners prior to that event and afterwards as well, and exchange phone numbers and get to know each other uh, through time. Schedule lunches, schedule you know a breakfast meeting. Uh, get to know that business owner, whatever. It doesn't matter what business they're in. I'm just, you know, I'm getting out of my comfort zone in in attending BNI groups uh, to further expand not only my audience, uh, uh, not only just to network and meet new people and grow my business, but I'm also doing that to get out of my comfort zone and, and, and build the ability to actually speak you know, in front of an audience of people, uh, because I know that I personally struggle with that. I have such a huge difficulty doing so. And I mean, even this, uh, you know, outer space podcast that I'm on right now, I was nervous as shit when I got on board. I'm excited. I'm talking, right. I'm doing it. Um, but anyways, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm attending BNI groups, uh, events that are, uh, going to expose me to, uh, other potential contractors that are, you know, electricians, plumbers, uh, real estate agents, potentially, right? Uh, it, it just doesn't matter. It's exposing me to a whole different audience of, of people that uh, is going to help me excel and, and scale my grand outdoor design business. So. I love that, dude. And I did that too back in the day. I went to what's called a tip. It's like a... Um, a BNI structure and you have breakfast with them once a month or every couple of weeks. And I remember those days, dude, I was nervous as hell. It was like 40 some people in the room and uh, there's usually one of each segment. So one real estate agent, one, you know, landscaper, one electrician, one plumber so that everyone can network together. And I remember being extremely nervous walking in the room. I didn't know anybody. I was invited in by an electrician. He kind of shot out after I got in there. So I didn't really see him after that. And I stayed there for a while feeling that same, you know, kind of anxiety. But after a little while, you just like everyone here is a bit nervous. We're all just kind of coming together and talking. And, and, uh, but I, I give you props for that, dude. That's not easy to put yourself out there like that and to get, uh, that started because maybe you don't ever lock in a meeting there, but what you are building is the ability to build rapport, which is so super critical to any kind of a, a sales relationship. And then on top of that, you're also building the muscles of being able to speak to other people, stand up and talk, tell them about what you do. 
all of those things can only be built in the field and you're building it right now dude i'm proud as hell of you for that it's really awesome thank you <laughs> it's definitely very exciting and uh, another another of the things that i've been doing is is working with suppliers and uh sales managers uh sales managers within those supply warehouses wherever we have bought materials before i'm networking with them and i'm actually having lunches and breakfast meetings with them uh because they've actually invited me in the past over the course course of the last two years i've been invited by three different sales reps from three different locations to have breakfast and lunches uh and i'll ignore the text messages and never respond to them all because I allowed my own insecurities to hold me back from that. And I'm pretty sure that I would have scaled there. I would have been on a whole different level within my business and myself if I would have had just started two years ago. But sometimes yeah, it sure. requires time for you to get out of that bubble, you know? Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah. So what was the shift for you? I mean, you went for how many years before you finally made this move and just said, fuck it, I'm going to go get uncomfortable. Like, what was the shift? What was the never again i can't wait to change this moment what was the shift <laughs> well the shift uh the shift really uh it, it just it happened because of my my current business right uh my my savannah landscapes and designs business it, it's it's struggling right it's struggling to stay afloat it, it honestly it just really is struggling to stay afloat uh the my inability to retain employees uh, I have way too much business coming in. I had too much business coming in where I couldn't handle the workload. Uh, and I'm just a one man show. Uh, yeah. Being a one man show is not going to allow me to reach a peak in business that I'm looking to reach. It just isn't. Uh, and I believe that in the design and manage world with, of course, less overhead, obviously a lot of responsibilities will come along with that, I'm pretty sure. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, such as managing uh, contractors and, and figuring all those things out and putting the pieces together and managing large projects and ensuring that the transitions in between the installation processes is all down packed and perfect and perfected and the right contractors are in place. I'm sure that that's going to be a challenge as well that I'm open for. I'm, I'm ready to go. But, uh, you know, it's it's I'd rather take that that route of design and manage and deal with all the new uh, lessons and obstacles uh, uh, and, and grow from all of this in the design and manage than to stay stuck in the same shit that I've been doing for the last six years and not get anywhere, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I love it, dude. It takes, it takes guts to do that. It takes guts to, you know, get into that and just say, I'm going to switch it all up. I'm going to go the different direction. I already have so many bruises and broken bones and all that from running a business. Now let's just adjust it. I mean, that's exactly what I did. I just flipped to a different one and just said, I'm going to keep all the parts I love and get rid of all the parts I don't like. And then off it went. And 12 years later, I looked back and it was the best decision I ever made. It was tough, you know, leaving a family company to go out on your own for the first time. But, you know, it, uh, looking back, it was the right thing. And it had to be extremely uncomfortable because what you're going to find and what I found is that, we might not be when we first start. We might not be the person that can run that kind of business. For me, it was getting past the million dollar mark, right? It was constantly trying to push to do that. And I kept hitting walls left and right. And I kept hitting that glass ceiling left and right. And I realized, you know, along my journey that I wanted to blame everybody else for that. I couldn't get there because uh, either the projects weren't big enough or the clients wouldn't say yes. Or I wanted to blame them. The reality was, Miguel, I wasn't the man yet. 
that could run a company that could do a million dollars. I wasn't that man yet. And once I realized that on my journey that I had to develop me first and the best investment there was, wasn't in another truck or another skid steer or another computer or another, you fill in the blank. It was investing in me. And once I started to realize that as I become a more focused, more purposeful man than a better leader, then all of a sudden I started attracting the right people and the right craftsmen or subcontractors to the table and started to be able to retain them because I was someone who they actually wanted to rally behind. And I didn't know that at the time. When I first started out, I'm just like, all right, no big deal. You get a project and next thing you know, there are people lining up to build it. And that's not the case because the, you know, the, the biggest chokehold on any business is the leadership, right? And if the leader's not growing faster than the business, then you're not going to keep growing. You're going to stagnate or you're going to plateau or go backwards. So it's a constant, it's the Kanai principle. Tony Robbins talks about it all the time. It's the constant and never ending improvement, the Kanai principle. So you're always growing. You have to be. We are in nature. Everything is always growing or dying. There's no in between. Sustaining is not a thing. So now it's a matter of how do we keep enough road out in front of us that we're always constantly growing, you know, in our our physical, in our spiritual, in our family, in our finances. How are we always growing in those sectors? That's the biggest piece. And now you're embarking on a new journey that's going to prove a lot of things that you may not want to look at. I'm just telling you ahead of time because I know, I know the feeling and every day I still get this too. People ask you, how you doing, Joshua? And I was like, challenged and growing, challenged and growing, challenged and growing. That's what I say. Instead of, oh, the day's great. I'm doing good. How are you? No one gives a shit if you're doing good. They don't expect anything else but that. Tell them you're challenged and growing because that's what the human experience is all about. And if you aren't, it's time to switch it up. I like that. Challenging, challenged and growing. I like that. Very that's right. And uh, yeah, you know, the, this whole approach uh, and getting out of my comfort zone uh, didn't only it didn't just start with with the BNIs. It started when I was invited to the Mission Mindset, uh, you know, and I attended that event with you guys in in uh, Denver, Colorado. Okay, that was my biggest biggest challenge within myself to actually go go mm-hmm. there. And believe it or not. Uh, I, I mean, I literally had to stop my Uber at the at the at the uh, grocery store right before I made it to your to the to, to the to the event location. Mm-hmm. I, I literally stopped the Uber. I said, "Stop! I need to go to the uh, public, uh, not the Publix, to the grocery store." And I sat at the grocery store. I've never told this to anyone, only my wife. I sat at the grocery store for thirty minutes. I was nervous, scared as hell. I was like, oh my God, I'm in Denver, Colorado. What the hell am I going to do? I'm going to this house with like nine people. What the fuck? Mm. Like I was scared. I was nervous this whole time. I was excited to do it. And I said, you know what? I even had the bubble guts. I was like, oh my God, I need to just share. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I was scared. And so I, you know, I called the, I called back an Uber. I spent, you know, Uber right there and then Uber stop and then another Uber fare. And I finally got in the Uber and I said, I'm going. And I knocked on the door and I was blushing. I was red as hell. And I, mm-hmm. I, I was introduced by Rebecca and, and uh, Zach. And that was it. I was in. And um, yeah. from there, uh, the first day at that event was very nerve wracking for me. I was nervous. I was out of my element. I didn't didn't know how it's going to go, but I, I just did it. I settled in uh, in. In, into the house and uh it just evolved from there uh that event was amazing uh, i learned a lot from you guys i learned a lot from you a lot of the things that you have learned you have taught forward man and i appreciate that so much and and that is that event is one of the biggest reasons why i've been able to it's one of the contributing 
factors that I've been able to evolve into where I am now, right? Uh, getting out of my comfort zone through that event and also learning how to take time for myself in the mornings, 15, 20, 30 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, so the meditation aspect of that really helped me significantly. And till this day, I mean, I've been sick as a dog for the last three days. Uh, but for the last three days with a fever and all that I had, I still woke up at 5.30 in the morning and I meditated for 30 minutes, sick as a dog. Incredible. Uh, and so that has helped me significantly to stay focused uh, on my my personal mission for myself, stay focused in my business and take everything one day at a time and just focus on one day at a time. Not worrying about yesterday and not thinking about tomorrow, just focus on today. That's that's so so spending time with yourself uh, for me personally has helped me significantly on on this whole entire transition here uh, from Savannah Landscapes and Designs to Grand Outdoor Designs Design and Manage. So yeah. So it sounds like your business as it shifted, it's because you yourself as a human are shifting too, right? This is the next level for you. Would that be a correct statement? It is most definitely the next level. I've, I've always, it's like you're shedding one skin and going into another. I've shed so many skins. It's not even funny. Yeah. <laughs> and this- Dude, I remember you the first day when we got to the, uh, to the house and, and you were kind of quiet and reserved and, and within, I don't know, few hours of day one, you were wide open. It was incredible. And then when it came to the, the mountain climb and, and you guys just took off and up the mountain, you went, <laughs> you guys crushed it. It was so cool to see. And, and then to hear your stories for the, uh, the experience and managing the altitude and, and, uh, you know, it's such a metaphor, but yet so, so real, so, so, so surreal. And it's uh, such a blessing to have you there, brother. And I love to see that, that, that kind of shy person, in the beginning, just unlock his lion and come out at the end, just fully ready to kill stuff. And man, when you got home and started making big changes, I was just so proud of you. It's so cool. Yeah, man. Thank you. It was, uh, it's definitely been a big change for me in my life, uh, in my home as well. Not, not, not just business, not just for myself, but even my wife has noticed it. Uh, my wife, my kids, uh, everyone, and it's shifted the energy in my home as well. It's shifted how we all work together as a family. It, it really has significantly. We're just a whole entire different family, way better than we were three, you know, three, six, three, four months ago. Uh, and every day is just improvements, always improvements, improvements. And even though, you know, we still fa- we face our challenges and I'm currently facing challenges, it is what it is. You know, we just have to uh, accept accountability at the present time for for whatever circumstances put those challenges in out in front of us whether it was our fault or not just accept it and keep going that's it yeah just keep moving yeah we can't control anything that anyone else does in life but we can control our reaction to how we react to it that's the one thing we always have control over and, and it, it takes awareness and a solid strong mindset and that comes from doing what you're doing you know the mind work in the morning doing your meditations. I love when you're posting videos of being out there looking at the sunrises. That's my favorite time of the day is I watch that sunrise and thank God for just one more beautiful day to impact and empower and to live and be with my family and be, just be. And when you start with grateful, a grateful heart every single morning, your day can only go well. Even if there's crap, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. But if you start with gratefulness and, and gratitude in your heart every single day and you go to sleep with it every day, my goodness, it's, it's it's such an incredible life. Have you noticed that to be the truth? 
I do. I, I agree 100% with you for sure. You mentioned that there's the family life is different now. How is that different now that you're taking some time for your self-care? It's different in the sense that, uh, in, in the sense that I'm taking time for myself, you know, for self-care. Uh, and my wife is seeing that I'm encouraging her to do the same for herself. Mm -hmm. I'm encouraging her to realize that she doesn't need anyone's approval to do anything for herself, especially my approval. She, I'm encouraging her to realize that if she needs to walk out of that door and take a ride 30 minutes away and decompress, she can do that without it being questioned by me. Where are you going? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? When are you coming back? No, that is how we've always operated, my wife and I, right? So if she needs time to walk out that door because you're burnt out for whatever reason, work, kids, me, home, whatever it may be, you need to walk out that door and take some time for yourself. Do it. You know, that's, yeah. that's what I mean by it's helping in, in changing uh, my family dynamic uh, as well as how I respond to my 16 year old, you know, he's 16, he's got a huge ego. Right. And uh, sometimes it's difficult to correct certain things that they say without you know, getting overwhelmingly upset with him. And so rather than kind of pulling him aside and raising my voice, I just, hey, come here, let's talk. You know, I now speak to them. I don't raise my voice to my kids. I used to raise my voice to them. And sometimes we raise our voices to the kids, right? I mean, they're kids and we're parents, we're human, right? But I do a lot of more talking now with patients. Yeah. Uh, and so them realizing and seeing that shift in me where I speak instead of raising my voice, that's like, that's not like dad. Usually when I do something bad or that he doesn't like or something, right, that he dislikes or disapproves, he raises his voice. No, I don't raise my voice. I speak to them and I come up to them and I genuinely speak to him. That's different, you know? And so that approach is creating a shift in their energy as well and how they respond to each other and myself, oh. right? Um, so, you know, in, 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 in pieces, you know, those are small pieces of how uh, things are changing around my house. Uh, my children are much more organized now, right? Uh, they're actually helping do the dishes without complaining. It's, I mean, it's, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. It's funny. You yeah. know, and it is, it's pretty funny because before they didn't like to do the dishes, but now they do the dishes without me even asking if they see the dishes there, they actually put them away. So it's shifting so many different, it's doing so many things in my household that uh, I'm that's very cool. proud of. And so that's why I'm, I stay focused and I have that ritual every morning. Uh, whether if I, sometimes I, you know, these past couple of days I've been waking up at six o'clock because I haven't been feeling really well, but uh, you know, I try to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I aim for four 30 and go meditate. And so mm -hmm. Each day that goes by, I try to do at least 30 minutes of meditation, not 15. I try to do 30 minutes. I'm trying to do 45 minutes if I can. Uh, and it just, it's helped significantly in all aspects. That's amazing. That's amazing, dude. Especially since when you put yourself as a priority, you know, I do the same thing as I get up each morning. I let God wake me and that's usually between five and six o'clock. And the first thing I do is I go in the dark face East and I meditate. You know what I mean? And, and just to get your mind ready and prepared for an amazing day. 
you know, you got to be a warrior for your day. So it's like, okay, let's put on the armor. Let's get ready. Let's make sure we're bulletproof by the time we get out there and step out of the door. Like we are ready. We're in peak state. We're mentally, uh, functionally, physically ready to go. And uh, as opposed to just getting up and running and then just kind of bouncing around like a pinball all day, this is much more purposeful. So I'm glad you're taking that approach to life because that you're going to need that on your journey here for sure. Because there's a lot of stuff's going to come at you that you don't know how to handle yet because you haven't handled it yet. You're going to have a lot of, of things that come up. And the cool part is you're not alone, right? You're part of the tribe now. And, and you know, you're going to have things that come up. We just reach out to the tribe and say, guys, how do we handle this? How do we, have you ever had this happen? And the answer is yes, 10 times, right? That's a nice part with, with uh, you know, having a brotherhood that way and a sisterhood built in. And, you know, so I'm really excited for your future, brother. If somebody wants to reach out and, and uh, talk to you more about your journey or things you've shared here in general, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, I can actually, uh, they can text me, uh, 978-328-9804, or they can find me on Facebook. Uh, It's Miguel Angel Pinto. Uh, I'm really available to answer any questions and, you know, be of guidance uh, or influence, right? In a sense, Uh, I need more guidance myself, (laughs) but I can be of influence in any way and answer any questions that people may have. And if, you know, if you're struggling yourself and it doesn't matter what aspect of your life. And if you found some of the information that we talked about today, or, uh, you know, or if you can relate with my story or where I come from, you know, from the beginning of this podcast up until to now, all that information, feel free to reach out to me. I'm, uh, I'm an open book for anyone and I'm willing to talk and, 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 you know, kick it off. Man. I love that. So Miguel, thank you for coming on the podcast here. Again, if anybody has any questions for Miguel, you know, reach out to him. He gave you uh, ways to do that. Um, you know, it, our focus here on the Outer Spaces podcast and in life in general is each one teach one, right? So everybody has a unique journey, every single one. And my journey, Miguel's journey, and everybody else in this entire beautiful world has a unique perspective. And that perspective, I believe, has seeds of, of value to other people. Even if you don't think your story's big enough, you didn't make it to Hollywood, you don't have a $60 million a year company, who gives a shit? Every single person has struggles they've gone through and things that they've achieved throughout their life. And if we all just shared together, it'd be a lot simpler world because we could all unite and help each other grow as opposed to thinking we're in competition and constantly fighting each other and being secretive about everything. So, you know, if that's the kind of, of world that you want, if you want to be able to help, and that's what our biggest mission here at Outer Spaces is to impact and empower our industry so everyone can grow. Um, you know, share this podcast episode, uh, tell your friends about it, that kind of thing. That's how these words, these stories are shared. So uh, if that's the case, that'd be great if you can do that. Uh, and if not, keep listening and maybe something will spark interest in you over time. And you'll be like, you know what? That's the one I'm going to share. But you just never know what message is going to be the one that unlocks everything for somebody. Maybe it's something Miguel said today that people could relate to his story and say, wow, it sounds just like me. And he's making it. He's doing it. He's making the change. He's doing the uncomfortable He's going and putting himself out there because for years I was scared to death of talking in front of people, scared to death of it. And now I can't get enough of it because I put myself out there and got uncomfortable. So anybody out there that's facing these same kind of struggles, listen to what Miguel's telling you. He's on the journey. He's in the thick of it right now, moving through. Uh, and that is the, 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 that's necessary in this thing we call life. You can't get around it. You can't sidestep this stuff. You just got to do it. So get out there, guys, get uncomfortable and be dangerous. Oh yeah, do it.